Section 19 of Gray's Anatomy, Part 5. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Rocher. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 5, by Henry Gray. 2G. The Small Intestine. Intestinum Tenue. The small intestine is a convoluted tube, extending from the pylorus to the colic valve, where it ends in the large intestine. It is about seven meters long. Footnote. Treves states that in 100 cases, the average length of the small intestine in the adult male was 22 feet 6 inches, and in the adult female 23 feet 4 inches, but that it varies very much, the extremes in the male being 31 feet 10 inches and 15 feet 6 inches. He states that in the adult, the length of the bowel is independent of age, height, and weight, End footnote. and gradually diminishes in size from its commencement to its termination. It is contained in the central and lower part of the abdominal cavity, and is surrounded above and at the sides by the large intestine. A portion of it extends below the superior aperture of the pelvis and lies in front of the rectum. It is in relation, in front, with the greater omentum and abdominal parietes, and is connected to the vertebral column by a fold of peritoneum, the mesentery. The small intestine is divisible into three portions, the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ileum. The duodenum has received its name from being about equal in length to the breadth of twelve fingers. 25 centimeters. It is the shortest, the widest, and the most fixed part of the small intestine, and has no mesentery, being only partially covered by peritoneum. Its course presents a remarkable curve, somewhat of the shape of an imperfect circle, so that its termination is not far removed from its starting point. In the adult, the course of the duodenum is as follows. Commencing at the pylorus, it passes backward, upward, and to the right beneath the quadrate lobe of the liver to the neck of the gallbladder, varying slightly in direction according to the degree of distension of the stomach. It then takes a sharp curve and descends along the right margin of the head of the pancreas, for a variable distance, generally to the level of the upper border of the body of the fourth lumbar vertebra. It now takes a second bend and passes from right to left across the vertebral column, having a slight inclination upward and on the left side of the vertebral column it ascends for about 2.5 centimeters, and then ends opposite the second lumbar vertebra in the jejunum. As it unites with the jejunum, it turns abruptly forward, forming the duodeno-jejunal flexure. From the above description, it will be seen that the duodenum may be divided into four portions, superior, descending, horizontal, and ascending. Relations The superior portion Pars superior, first portion, is about five centimeters long. Beginning at the pylorus, it ends at the neck of the gallbladder. It is the most movable of the four portions. It is almost completely covered by peritoneum, but a small part of its posterior surface near the neck of the gallbladder and the inferior vena cava is uncovered. The upper border of its first half has the hepatoduodenal ligament attached to it, while to the lower border of the same segment the greater omentum is connected. It is in such close relation with the gallbladder that it is usually found to be stained by bile after death, especially on its anterior surface. 
It is in relation above and in front with the quadrate lobe of the liver and the gallbladder, behind with the gastroduodenal artery, the common bile duct, and the portal vein, and below and behind with the head and neck of the pancreas. The descending portion, pars descendens, second portion, is from 7 to 10 centimeters long, and extends from the neck of the gallbladder on a level with the first lumbar vertebra along the right side of the vertebral column as low as the upper border of the body of the fourth lumbar vertebra. It is crossed in its middle third by the transverse colon, the posterior surface of which is uncovered by peritoneum and is connected to the duodenum by a small quantity of connective tissue. The supra and infracolic portions are covered in front by peritoneum, the infracolic part by the right leaf of the mesentery. Posteriorly, the descending portion of the duodenum is not covered by peritoneum. The descending portion is in relation, in front, from above downward, with the duodenal impression on the right lobe of the liver, the transverse colon, and the small intestine. Behind, it has a variable relation to the front of the right kidney in the neighborhood of the hilium and is connected to it by loose areolar tissue. The renal vessels, the inferior vena cava, and the psoas below are also behind it. At its medial side is the head of the pancreas and the common bile duct. To its lateral side is the right colic flexure. The common bile duct and the pancreatic duct together perforate the medial side of this portion of the intestine obliquely some seven to ten centimeters below the pylorus. The accessory pancreatic duct sometimes pierces it about two centimeters above and slightly in front of these. The horizontal portion, pars horizontalis, third or preaortic or transverse portion, is from five to seven point five centimeters long. It begins at the right side of the upper border of the fourth lumbar vertebra and passes from right to left with a slight inclination upward in front of the great vessels and crura of the diaphragm, and ends in the ascending portion in front of the abdominal aorta. It is crossed by the superior mesenteric vessels and the mesentery. Its front surface is covered by peritoneum, except near the middle line, where it is crossed by the superior mesenteric vessels. Its posterior surface is uncovered by peritoneum, except towards its left extremity, where the posterior layer of the mesentery may sometimes be found covering it to a variable extent. This surface rests upon the right crust of the diaphragm, the inferior vena cava, and the aorta. The upper surface is in relation with the head of the pancreas. The ascending portion, pars ascendens, fourth portion, of the duodenum is about 2.5 centimeters long. It ascends on the left side of the aorta as far as the level of the upper border of the second lumbar vertebra where it turns abruptly forward to become the jejunum, forming the duodeno-jejunal flexure. It lies in front of the left psoas major and left renal vessels, and is covered in front and partly at the sides by peritoneum continuous with the left portion of the mesentery. The superior part of the duodenum, as stated above, is somewhat movable, but the rest is practically fixed, and is bound down to neighboring viscera and the posterior abdominal wall by the peritoneum. In addition to this, the ascending part of the duodenum and the duodeno-jejunal flexure are fixed by a structure to which the name of musculus suspensorius duodeni has been given. 
This structure commences in the connective tissue around the celiac artery and left cross of the diaphragm, and passes downward to be inserted into the superior border of the duodeno-jejunal curve and a part of the ascending duodenum, and from this it is continued into the mesentery. It possesses, according to Trites, plain muscular fibers mixed with the fibrous tissue of which it is principally made up. It is of little importance as a muscle, but acts as a suspensory ligament. Vessels and Nerves The arteries supplying the duodenum are the right gastric and superior pancreatic duodenal branches of the hepatic, and the inferior pancreatic duodenal branch of the superior mesenteric. The veins end in the lionel and superior mesenteric. The nerves are derived from the celiac plexus, jejunum, and ilium. The remainder of the small intestine from the end of the duodenum is named jejunum and ilium, the former term being given to the upper two-fifths and the latter to the lower three-fifths. There is no morphological line of distinction between the two, and the division is arbitrary. But at the same time, the character of the intestine gradually undergoes a change from the commencement of the jejunum to the end of the ilium, so that a portion of the bowel taken from these two situations would present characteristic and marked differences. These are briefly as follows. The jejunum, intestinum jejunum, is wider, its diameter being about four centimeters, and is thicker, more vascular, and of a deeper color than the ilium, so that a given length weighs more. The circular folds, valvuli coniventes, of its mucous membrane are large and thickly set, and its villi are larger than in the ilium. The aggregated lymph nodules are almost absent in the upper part of the jejunum, and in the lower part are less frequently found than in the ilium, and are smaller and tend to assume a circular form. By grasping the jejunum between the finger and thumb, the circular folds can be felt through the walls of the gut, these being absent in the lower part of the ilium. It is possible in this way to distinguish the upper from the lower part of the small intestine. The ilium, intestinum ilium, is narrow, its diameter being 3.75 centimeters, and its coats thinner and less vascular than those of the jejunum. It possesses but few circular folds, and they are small and disappear entirely toward its lower end, but aggregated lymph nodules, pears patches, are larger and more numerous. The jejunum for the most part occupies the umbilical and left iliac regions, while the ilium occupies chiefly the umbilical, hypogastric, right iliac, and pelvic regions. The terminal part of the ilium usually lies in the pelvis, from which it ascends over the right psoas and right iliac vessels. It ends in the right iliac fossa by opening into the medial side of the commencement of the large intestine. The jejunum and ilium are attached to the posterior abdominal wall by an extensive fold of peritoneum, the mesentery, which allows the freest motion so that each coil can accommodate itself to changes in form and position. The mesentery is fan-shaped, its posterior border, or root, about 15 centimeters long, is attached to the posterior abdominal wall from the left side of the body of the second lumbar vertebra to the right sacroiliac articulation, crossing successively the horizontal part of the duodenum, the aorta, the inferior vena cava, the ureter, and the right psoas muscle. Its breadth between its vertebral and intestinal borders averages about 20 centimeters, and is greater in the middle 
than at its upper and lower ends. According to Lockwood, it tends to increase in breadth as age advances. Between the two layers of which it is composed are contained blood vessels, nerves, lacteals, and lymph glands, together with a variable amount of fat. Meckel's Diverticulum Diverticulum ilii This consists of a pouch which projects from the lower part of the ilium in about 2% of subjects. Its average position is about 1 meter above the colic valve, and its average length about 5 centimeters. Its caliber is generally similar to that of the ilium, and its blind extremity may be free or may be connected with the abdominal wall or some other portion of the intestine by a fibrous band. It represents the remains of the proximal part of the vitelline duct, the duct of communication between the yolk sac and the primitive digestive tube in early fetal life. End of section 19. Recording by Mark Rocher.